Um, so like the computer whiz isn't going to have the ability to even be strong. Like again, it's a trope. It doesn't mean that computer kids can't <laughs> actually be strong. We know there's some swole nerds out there. Well-met adventurers, my name is Lee. I'm Joe, and welcome to Mage Productions. We are back this week with a new systems episode, or Mm -hmm. this month, I guess, because we post these at the start of the month. Technically, this is also a week in the month, though, since we do a weekly release. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. You are correct. You are correct. (laughs) All right. But for this systems, we have Gnome back with us mm-hmm. after a very long hiatus of a few weeks, probably, mm-hmm. uh, to talk about Tales from the Loop. Hello. Hey. Welcome. Welcome back. Yeah, thanks uh, Thanks for having me on again. It kind of feels like it's been forever since uh, we last got to speak. I know. So I know. It's, it's, it's been so long. Yeah, really, uh, really nice <laughs> to see you all. And uh Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited. Last conversation went like super well, but like I don't really remember mm-hmm. what happened, so I'll have to listen to that podcast again. There you go. Yeah. Definitely check yeah, out that episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> uh, so, Tales from the Loop. So, right? Am I saying that right? Tales from yeah, the Loop. Tales from uh, the Loop. Uh, it is a fantastic game. Uh, published. Oh God, I, I, I'm really bad at like understanding publishing and distributors. <laughs> Free Legan <laughs> makes the game, but Modifius sells the game, and it's created by Simon Stallenhag who is a, a Swedish um, artist uh, who originally started making this world um, uh, using pictures and images from Sweden and then throws in like these, <clears throat> excuse me, and throws in these um, like robotic kind of like sci-fi twists and elements to it Uh, it's all set in the 1980s and so they eventually made a game uh, about this kind of like art book essentially is what it was Um, and it's gorgeous absolutely check out the the artwork because it just adds into the world itself um so tales from the loop was kind of spawned uh, as a game it uses a d6 system but i think it's based off of i'm gonna butcher this i actually really don't know what system it uses um (laughs) the same system as like mutant zero year one with something like that (laughs) oh sure yeah 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 totally totally. that thing uh i think coriolis uses the same system um it's just it's a bunch of d6s which is great and you you need to roll a six uh to be successful in whatever action you're trying to do it's very narrative focused which is fantastic uh but the setting itself though again uh 1980s um takes the best of all of those like 1980 tropes so Again, I like to explain the game uh, as essentially you're retelling a coming of age story. You're a kid between the ages of 10 and 15 in this slightly clunky sci-fi landscape um, set in either Sweden or in Nevada, wherever the Hoover Dam is. Is that Arizona? Somewhere. That's, That's Nevada. Isn't right? it? It's, it's somewhere over there. <laughs> uh, for the it's American version of it, other side of the country. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm from Chicago. I don't know. Live on. 
Somewhere. Yeah, deserts. Uh, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> those don't exist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you, you basically, again, you're a kid, uh, age 10 from 15. You take on this, uh, your archetype, uh, which is typically like a 1980s character trope. So if you ever watched um, like 16 Candles or, um, you know, movies like of that nature, um, you kind of like you could be like the jock or the hick um, and each character gets like a special ability or a special item that kind of attributes that really just reinforces that stereotype and you're solving mysteries in this 1980s clunky sci-fi landscape and it's it's very um uh goonies meets explorers meets lean on me uh meets lost boys meets stranger things uh it's awesome it's fun because the internet doesn't exist and if you are a millennial or you grew up in the 80s uh (laughs) you get to go explore this landscape uh and kind of like just enjoy some nostalgia while just kind of telling a really cool narrative story together so that sounds amazing Mm -hmm. just everything about that it's Wow. It's, a, it's a dream like I I didn't think that I would enjoy it as much as I did because I mean it's you know the Dungeons and Dragons it's like the only game that's out yeah. there <laughs> fun fact it's not the only game that's out there right which which really is why we decided to do these yep. like monthly episodes because we're so heavily invested in 5e and it's amazing and it's fun and it's its own thing but like there's so much out there yeah. like yeah big time and mm-hmm. this is just so cool yeah. the yeah. concept of this is really cool mm-hmm. and like yeah. the it, it's a reasonably priced book and it's a gorgeous book itself again because it's just got all of this like artwork that really makes the whole world intriguing because you have this thing called the loop and it's essentially these like massive cooling towers for a hadron particle collider that operates within some sort of town and you live like on the suburbs of that area so you can't get into the loop but the loop is probably at fault for why all of these weird things are going on that the adults don't notice they're so busy with their you know own lives and in the drama of being adult that they don't really pay attention to the kids of the town who are just out being kids and exploring the world around them and in the 80s you actually went outside and did things so <laughs> that, like it's i don't true. know if they could make this game in the 2000s the 90s is even pushing it but like 2000s like the hot <laughs> kids i'm pretty sure they've never seen the sun uh so <laughs> you know you, you hop on your bike you grab a, like an old school walkie-talkie that took at least a eight like d batteries and uh you you go on an adventure with your friends in the woods in the desert um doing all sorts of things and finding weird creatures or areas that gravity doesn't work the same way anymore or getting thrown back into a time loop or meeting dinosaurs like it's just all of these little things and like the adults just don't listen to you because you're just this overactive imagination type kid 
but they're legitimately happening. So you are responsible now for basically saving the world from whatever danger or whatever trouble is going on. And it's it's so much fun. You you as the as the GM basically narrate a mystery and you take these kids on this mystery. So they need to find clues. They need to talk to people in the town. They need to have encounters with things. They can fight things. Um, it's just, I mean, you can, you can do whatever you want with it, which is just, it was mind blowing to me. And I've, I've been playing it solidly um, for almost a year now. Like it's, it's, it's so much fun. Wow. Wow. I yeah. mean, meeting dinosaurs, I'm sold. Yeah, so. yeah that's that's my favorite uh, yeah. aspect is throwing <laughs> dinosaurs into it. Yeah. Yeah, I started with, um, I, I built my own world because I don't know anything about Sweden and I don't know anything about um, the Hoover Dam area. Hoover Dam, which is in Nevada. <laughs> is it Nevada? Okay. <laughs> it is in Nevada. All right, thank you. I, I'm, thank I'm you, too old to nope, understand geography Google. anymore. <laughs> Praise our Google overlords. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I built it where I grew up. I grew up in Chicago, and we have um, some really cool features out where I live where there's actually like a, um, there's a closed down nuclear power plant. Uh, that's out here off of Lake Michigan and then we have a military base out here for the Navy uh, so I was like this is like literally a perfect area to set up um, this loop bizarre mystery type game and and so I did like I just went around my county and like took pictures and I was like this is this location in the game this is this location in the game and we you know like I said we've been playing for almost a year uh, just running around in 1980s lake county illinois like it's it's crazy it's awesome um you could set it up in your own hometown especially if you have like a group of friends who you grew up with you know you could bring back some of like those places you used to hang out as a kid like you know this area in the woods or this like aqueduct area or over at this pier um and really hit home that like nostalgic feeling and there's just something fun and even like therapeutic about playing the game um that yeah that that i love and i love teaching people how to play because it's it's super easy to play like really like straight out of the box you can play character creation can take 10 minutes like it's it's not a big deal wow yeah nice that's cool it's all fun so speaking (laughs) of character creation tell us a little bit about that yeah, um, so character creation, uh, everybody can pick an archetype. You could have multiples of an archetype. Uh, like I said, they have things like the computer whiz, the popular kid, the jack, the weirdo, the, the rocker. Um, there's even an expansion that kind of expands into some of those like other archetypes. Uh, and yeah, so you kind of like settle on one that you really like. Uh, each uh, Every character has basic stats and uh, like uh, heart mind body and those attribute towards skills and each skill is basically how many d6s you can roll so let's say you're playing somebody like the jack who is probably athletic so you're going to have a high count in body so if you have to do anything that requires you to push something or run away from something or punch something or break something uh you're gonna roll based off of you know like a strength type check which is which is your body check with like a move or a force check and so you've now increased your dice pool to we'll say like you get to roll eight dice so you have eight chances of getting at least one success which is a six you laugh 
You laugh. <laughs> I have players who have dice pools of 10 and four times in a row rolled not a single success. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh. it's tough. It hurts, but... I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, as far as character <laughs> creation, though, goes, um, yeah, so so you basically, it, it's better to create characters together at the table. So if you're all, again, first-time players and even veteran players of the game, uh, it, it's all about building this world together. How did you guys grow up together? What were your parents like? You know, do you have siblings? Are you friends? Do you know each other in school? Do you even go to the same school? Are you in a club? Are you in sports together? Um, you know, what do you do for a hobby? What are you afraid of? Um, what are you really proud about? Uh, so so you, you answer those type of questions that are in the book together so that you can really get this sense that like okay we grew up together like even if we didn't grow up together it's a small enough town like we know each other um and then you 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 run off into this mystery and how i like to usually play is you set up the scenes um again think of it treat it a little more like a movie like you're, you're really picking apart like okay we're gonna have this scene and uh i would like the players to pick what they would like to do do you want an individual scene with like an npc do you want to play together as a group uh do you want to have one-on-one -on -one time with another character uh things sort of of that nature and then once they all get to kind of explore their daily lives then you shift to the next phase and you go into the mystery so the gm takes a little more control here and starts like hey you guys are hanging out at the mall after school and you notice this little critter skittering away between the clothes racks what do you do? And you let them, you kind of start guiding them towards this like thing. Now they're going to go follow this creature and then they follow this creature to this hole. Well, the hole is small, uh, big enough that they can start crawling through it. Now they're crawling through, you know, like the back walls of the mall uh, and, and it can lead to what like what's going on who's in here what's happening um, and you lead them on that type of adventure and it's just it's so much fun because again they're they're playing kids who are only aged 10 through 15 so it's it's, it's cool it's really cool <laughs> wow <laughs> that's that's real uh, just thinking about the aspect of playing a kid between the age of 10 to 15 like that totally changes every sort of mental switch i have with playing an rpg because yeah. like oh i'm playing a dwarf that's 200 years old right. or i'm an elf that's 900 or whatever mm -hmm. and it's like i've lived all these lives and i know all these things and it's not a big deal but like being a 10 year old is a lot yeah. different so so what's really cool though about the age is that there are other mechanics in the game that you're allowed to use that give you advantages or disadvantages at things. So you know you playing a 10-year-old kid, you don't have the same stats as the older kids get. You're not as strong, you're not as smart. Um, you have a more limited dice pool. But what you have as a kid is something called luck, and that's a mechanic in the game. Kids are always lucky. If you ever like watched, you know, I mean, like just go, Lost Boys. Those kids are stupid lucky. There's so many things that they <laughs> never should have been able to accomplish at that age, but they did it anyways because of luck. So that's what this game calls it. So you can 
the younger you are, the more luck you get. So if you're a 10 year old kid, you get five chances to re-roll dice to try to get a success. Um, because the goal of the game is to ultimately be as successful as possible, but understand that that doesn't always happen. Now, the older that you get, you get stronger and smarter and faster. Um, but that luck kind of starts wearing out because the, the more adult you become, uh, the less attuned to the supernatural world, I guess I would say, that you are. The less yeah. um, mysticism is left inside of you. That innocence is kind of gone. So the world isn't really looking out for you anymore. So if you play a kid that's 15, you have no luck. So I, I thought that that was really like an Ooh, interesting yeah. mechanic. Um Another really cool mechanic in the game is you have what's called your pride. And every kid, um, like growing up, uh, like there's something that you know that you were like really good at and you were just really proud about being really good at this thing. And that's called your pride. So you you acknowledge what it is. You, you figure out how to put it down on paper. So a lot of times it could be like. I will stand up against bullies. And if there's a situation in the game and your GM should absolutely, absolutely put you in this situation in the game so that you can use your pride, uh, instead of having to roll, you can check your pride. And that grants you an automatic success because this is something that's so core to your kids being that like there's no way that whatever the universe is throwing at them that they would fail in this moment. Because it's, again, it's like a movie. This is their shining moment to be that hero. So you check that pride, and you're successful, and you do the thing that you needed to do. And it's just such a cool mechanic because it makes sure that every player has that opportunity and that chance to just really nail what their character was made to do. And that's that's half of the fun for me anyways, especially when you're trying to like GM a story. Yeah, I really yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're both like, yeah. yeah. And it, it's so simple. Like, it's like, like, yeah. like there's a couple other rules and like there's XP. I don't think I've ever used XP because it's so trivial for me to the game, <laughs> especially for a long term campaign. It's harder to run a long term campaign with this game because there aren't there aren't great reward systems for a long term campaign. Um but like for one shots, this is a perfect game for a one shot. It's a perfect game to just maybe like do a couple sessions, maybe something to break up the monotony of like, uh, you know, running a long term D and D five e game or something like that, or, or a, you know a different type of crunchy like Pathfinder, Starfinder type game. Um, it's super right. fun, super easy to do, and uh, yeah, you can just pick it up and run. You literally just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an interesting point. You kind of the the trivialness of experience points so can these characters can they level up they can absolutely level up you after every time that you solve a mystery uh you get an experience point and then you can use those experience points to like purchase um like another like you to increase your dice pool essentially is like the best thing that can happen from that um but you can, you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, there's only so many dice that you really need at some point, And then you start maxing out your skills and you can't advance, you know, further. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I, I personally don't feel that the the long term XP is really 
like a mechanic worth following uh, because it's such a narrative based game. Like you, your players should be getting more out of the story than they are worrying about the XP. So. So hmm. you had said earlier that in the character creation, you can pick like one or two of these different kind of character tropes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of like this game's version of multi-classing and how does that work out? Well, it's, it's not a multi-class. I, I think you can only pick one and, but okay. like within that one archetype, um, it opens up the pool. You could have like up to three extra dice added in a certain case. And you're given these points that you can then add in and pick different skills. So you can make sure that like you put three points of your skill into this, like one thing that you're really, that your class is really supposed to be good at. Um, So like the computer whiz isn't going to have the ability to even be strong. Like, again, it's a trope. It doesn't mean that computer (laughs) kids can't actually be strong. We know there's some swole nerds out there, but like, In this particular game, it's 80s tropes, so run with it. <laughs> oh. So, <laughs> Sorry all the swole nerds out there. Mad respect to my to my swole bros out there. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. I love that. Oh, that's cool. So you, you kind of went over um, a little bit, but... So how does a typical game run? Uh, it, it runs. It, it, the cool thing about the book is it actually shows you different ways that you can run the game. It helps you as a GM become a better storyteller because it gives you some basic mm. storytelling tools. So, you know, you need like, you know, like here's the antagonist or you need three clues to offer your players and then they can proceed to step two or phase two of the mystery. And then they need to find another clue that helps them get to phase three. So like there's a a whole linear uh, path that the game kind of can show Mm -hmm. that shows you how to actually do. Uh, And then there's like crazy like thought bubble paths (laughs) that also (laughs) exist, um, which can get super complicated. It can be as complicated as you want it to be. Excuse me. Uh, But yeah, so it's it's uh, it, 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 the book itself gives you a really good explanation of how to run a mystery and how to start setting one up. And it gives you examples and includes a mystery, uh, actually includes a couple of mysteries that you can actually run. Now, those mysteries, it, it, it kind of depends on your players and how involved they want to be in the story. I know uh, we play for th- a three-hour game, but when I run my one-shots, I usually only run them for about two hours because it's really easy to set up like, okay, we've got four kids. They've all they've spent 15 minutes working on building their characters. We now have a town that we've built together, and I know as a storyteller that I need them to find these three items that will lead them to the big end boss. They will figure out what they're for. They'll figure out what the problem is, how to solve it. And then there's a big end, uh, you know, like a very, very climactic ending. 
And you can usually do that in about like two hours. Uh, if you want to go longer again, it's probably because your players are super invested in developing their characters. Uh, that's uh, and that's what we do on Little Busters. Um, we can literally play like three hours and I try to always split it in half. My players will get an hour and a half of just scenes to themselves. I don't intrude. I don't put any mystery stuff in it. It's literally just allowing the players to focus on their daily lives because the game, yes, there's like weird stuff that's going on, but it really is just focusing on the mundane of what it's like to be a kid ignored by society. Like, and and you are, you're completely forgotten by society. So I like to give my players that opportunity. So they usually get about an hour and a half of just pure role playing with each other, with their anchors, with the NPCs of the town. Um, which, you know, I'll, I'll have to play the NPCs. Um, and then after they've kind of done that, we'll figure out a way together to get them all as a group and proceed then into the mystery. And I found that that format works really well. Um, again, just cause it shines some light on each individual character. Uh, they have their opportunity to like learn about, you know, Hey, how's your home life doing? Hey, are you failing math? Like, you know, there's consequences that these kids have to deal with on top of the really weird things that are going on in town that nobody else is listening to them about. So you want to be able to showcase that while also still playing this crazy sci-fi clunky mysterious game like and i found like a three-hour campaign again split in between about an hour and a half and an hour and a half has been like that chef's kiss uh style so just just my recommendation other people may have totally different ways to do it um that's that's just what i've i've found to work so far and, and what i enjoy running cool that's this the split up for that is really interesting yeah. 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 <laughs> it's it's not something that you get to do in like uh like a typical fantasy game. And mm-hmm. like I, I don't see that really being pushed in like even like a cipher system, um, you know, and, and, and other game systems that I've you know played. Uh and I found that really interesting. And it is very to me, I, I use it like a movie. And so, again, you want to set it up like a movie would. So, like, okay, here's this little mystery that's going on. Now we're opening to the kids on riding on bikes and they're just having a good time being kids. And then they see something bad happen. And now they have to go figure out what this bad thing is, you know, what's going on. (laughs) And then the bad thing gets worse and, like, somebody's parent gets hurt or kidnapped or killed. And now they really need to solve it. And then they finally get to the thing and they take it down. And then you end the session with just, like, you know, that, like, 80s style freeze frame and they're all like yeah you know and, and that's it that's all it has to be it doesn't have to be anything super crazy it can end there or you can come back next week and find a different horrible thing that's going on in town or something else that's really weird that's going on and and just keep we need to move guys it's yeah. time to move yeah it's get, time to move. get out of the loop there's, there's something in the water for sure yeah that's not right literally there is, something there is. The that's what the expansion's called it's called things from the flood and there's so many bad things in that water oh jeez. Oh, yeah. so successes and failures yeah, so it, it sounded like you had something kind of juicy to talk about with this. So 
Oh yeah, I want to hear it. So, so I want to hear it. In order to be successful in in doing act, you can literally do. If you think about it, you can do it. You just have to make sure that your dice uh, agree with you. So you roll a die, <laughs> <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's only d six. That is usually the key. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the game part of the game, uh, and you need a six to be successful. And and sometimes you might need multiple sixes, or you need the help of others, uh, do, you know, during certain tasks. That's completely up to the GM. Uh, but uh, in particular, uh, for example, I had a player who was really, 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 really good at investigating. They have their iconic item, which every kid always has an iconic item. It's you know, everybody, you know, if you grew up, you like, oh, that's the kid that always has their skateboard, or oh, that's the kid that always has their sketch pad, or is always wearing their headphones, or has like this, you know, raggedy baseball hat. Um, like that's your iconic item. So you, if you use your iconic item in some sort of way, you usually get plus two dice added to your already big dice pool. So this player was really good at investigating. They had these like Sherlock Holmes style white gloves. That was their thing. So they would always put their gloves on uh, as they would go around and investigate. So uh, 10, 10 dice was their pool. And not a single uh, success. So they couldn't ask any questions about what they were looking for. And then something else came up. Like for the whole evening, uh, four times in a row with a dice pool of 10, they had zero successes. Oh, right. So no. they're not finding the things that they were supposed to find or that they for sure thought that they would find. Um, but it unfortunately just doesn't happen. <laughs> and, and sometimes that's how it goes. And you have to rely on other characters who only have one die to roll. And they're the successful ones. So this person is just like too hyper focused on like, ooh, what is this strange stain pattern on the wall? But then like, you know, the jacks over in the corner is like, hey, there's a hole in the wall over here. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and that's that's usually yep. how that goes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I, I hope you you guys yeah. get to play some time. I will absolutely run it for you. Like it's oh, it's for sure. fun. Would absolutely love yeah. that. Um, something else I wanted to cover real quick was you said that there's there's like that big bad mm -hmm. at the end. So is there actual like combat? Just about there, to ask the same the thing. System? There can be. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's better maybe combat rules for it. Uh, it's typically called like a um, they call it a problem. So you or trouble. I'm sorry. Uh, it's considered trouble, <laughs> and and that's the mechanic of the game. Um, so you you can you basically roll your dice. Um, there's no turn order you kind of just narratively go with what fits better so like you know the jock character probably is going to react faster than the computer whiz um or if it's a different type of situation the computer whiz might be stepping in first um and you just kind of go with it and whatever that they whatever they want to do um you set a difficulty level so maybe this time they need three to six successes uh in order to overcome this trouble and that's how i normally play it like i know that like like this big robot thing is pretty tough to take down, but maybe they do something clever instead of trying to beat it with baseball bats, um, you know, lead it over into an area of marshy land. So the robot gets stuck in in the mud instead of, you know, like I said, you know, trying to hit it with baseball bats. Uh, so they have to succeed uh, a series of dice rolls uh, based on the actions that they choose to use. So the more successes early on they get, the, the higher the chance of them quickly taking down this trouble. And then if they succeed on the trouble, um, 
you know, they can get like a group pool of rewards. They can buy uh, different effects, um, especially if they roll multiple sixes uh, in their in their turn. So they can add um, they can ask like more questions or they can uh, increase their dice pool specifically related to whatever just happened. Um, so there's uh, there's the mechanic for when they do really well and when they succeed and overcome trouble, but there's also a mechanic when they fail. And that is typically uh, used under conditions, complications, or consequences. Um, and conditions, uh, basically like, let's say, let's say that Jack just like went in and swung that baseball bat at this giant robot thing. Well, that was dumb. He gets hit and he fails and he breaks his arm. That kid now has a serious injury. So injury is a thing in the game. Uh, so your dice pool is now reduced uh, by one die. And the more conditions that you stack up, the more difficult um, it is to be successful in the game. So you might ha only have three dice in a specific thing, but you now have three conditions on you. You can only roll one die because at a minimum you, you can roll one. Now, when you take on four, uh, four, as I hold up my hand with five on that. <laughs> That's how this works. Uh, when you take on uh, five conditions, you are considered broken. You cannot be successful in any role that you do. You have to seek the help of your anchor. And at the beginning of the game, all of the kids make an anchor. And that anchor is typically an adult and somebody who makes you feel safe. There's somebody who can protect you. There's somebody there who helps you. Almost, you know, every kid always had that, like, maybe, like, that special grandparent that just made them feel really good. Or a really cool, awesome older sibling. Um, or an aunt. Or the librarian. Or the custodian at school. Like, just gave them that little extra more attention than any other kid. Um, that can be your anchor. That's the person that keeps you grounded. So maybe they come rushing to the rescue and get you to the hospital so that by the next mystery um, or just by spending one-on-one -on -one time uh, role-playing out that scene with your anchor, uh, you reduce and heal your uh, conditions. So it's it, it, they can stack up pretty darn quickly. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and once you're broken, like that's, that's tough. And in the expansion, once you're broken enough, you can die. You can you can be <laughs> killed. You can't be killed in the oh. loop. You can be killed in the flood. <laughs> can't, can't kill, kill kids. kids. <laughs> but <laughs> so. But once they're over sixteen, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, totally done. Teenagers are fair yeah, on you. Yeah, it's hunting season. <laughs> <laughs> you can drive. You can die. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. That's yeah. I like that. Yep. Again, it's very thematic. Yeah. It is, but it's also like you have to be crafty about mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Like you can't just run up and hit guns it. a blazing. Yeah. No. Because yeah. you're just a kid. Yeah. Like, like really, like right, you're, just you're, a kid. You know, you're not going to take out Megatron. Good luck. Like, <laughs> no, no. No. You're really not. No. No. That's what Optimus Prime right. is for. Not you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> this whole thing, I, th I think Joe and I are both like, oh, yeah. just like starry eyed the system. Like last the time, time I know. We, we recorded with you, you talked about this game a little bit. I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then, like, as soon as you jumped in this time, yeah. you're like, and then there's these robots. I'm like, ah. Oh. 
I'm yeah. in. Robots. Let's do it. Ready? Ready? Oh my what God. about robot dinosaurs? <laughs> that I, I sh- Wait, are we talking sh- like Zoids here? Zoids? <laughs> what was that show? What was that show? Oh my God. Zoids? Power Rangers? Zords? Or is there, no. sh- is there a show there called There is another Zoids? show. Or was a different one? I know what you're talking yeah. about. Oh. We'll Google it later yeah. and be like, I know, that's now you need right. To, now you need to let me know what that is. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Hang on. I think definitely. I already have Hoover Dam still pulled up on Google, so I'll just jump right back into that for Zoids. Where is Hoover Dam? Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tales from the Loop sounds absolutely glorious. Like a beautiful system. I recommend it. And <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely going to look into it, at least getting the book, mm-hmm. if nothing else, just uh, I mean, to read yeah. it, look through it. The story point sounds yep. great. And the art, oh, the art is gorgeous. I mean, I mean, you can, you could follow yeah. Simon. I also love Sweden. Yeah. So yeah. Hell yeah. 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 It's good. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us yet again. We always appreciate mm-hmm. you coming well, on. Thank you for having me. It's it's a pleasure. I can't believe that you let me talk for so long, but it's such a fun game. Well, that's because <laughs> we're both like, oh, yeah. tell me yeah. more. Oh, yeah. Tell me more. I want all of it. <laughs> Pay me. I sell so many of your books. <laughs> Sponsor me. <laughs> oh. The ultimate right? right there. The ultimate right there. <laughs> so if people want to get in contact with you, find out about Tales from the Loop or ask you questions about all that jazz, where can they find out more of Gnome? Uh You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram over at Gnomedic. Uh, I'm mostly on Twitter chatting up and would be more than happy to go over rules, go over characters, help you build a world. Um, I, I love the loop so much. And you can definitely pick that up from, I believe, freealegan.com and uh, modifius.com as well. But uh, to uh, the wonderful uh, domestic listeners uh, over in the United States, uh, shipping costs a buttload. (laughs) And uh, it takes a little (laughs) while to get over here because they are located again uh, in Sweden and the UK if you order from Modifius. So plan ahead. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Fair, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you again. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I'm gonna stop it. If you would like to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter at mage underscore podcast, or check out our website mageproductions.com. Or if you just want to tell other people how much you love the show and that they should listen, uh, you can leave us a five-star review. Go and review us wherever you get your podcast from. We really love to see those and read what you think. And we would like to give a huge shout-out to our partners and sponsors. First off, Hit Dice. Hit Dice. Hit Dice. Check them out at HitDicePod.com and on Twitter at HitDicePod. And of course, last but not least, SoNerdWear.com, a place to find fun clothing and accessories tailored for tabletop geeks and nerds everywhere. They're also on Twitter at SoNerdWear. They've really stepped up the entire game for us. They now host all of our swag, so you can get t-shirts, stickers, mugs, cups, 
So you can go to sonerdware.com and search for Mage Productions to find all of our cool swag. And then once you find everything, you can use code MAGE to get 10% off your entire order. Anything else? I don't know. I, I think we, we actually got it all that time. It helps when you write things down. It does. Thanks, Joe. You're welcome. Ha, 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 ha.